0: Welcome, everybody, out there in the podcast world. This is Chad the Mark from the We Don't Know Sports podcast. And tonight I was with Mr. Brown and Canadian Biggie. And there's only one thing that we had an opportunity to talk about, and that was the hiring of Neil Brown as the head football coach for the West Virginia University Mountaineers. So sit back and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody, don't forget to follow along and like us on your favorite social media platforms. If you're a Facebook fan, just search for We Don't Know Sports, the podcast. If Twitter's more your thing, you can find our handle at We Don't Sports. You can go old school and drop us a line through our email box. The address there is we don't know sports at yahoo.com. This podcast is hosted by the company SoundCloud and is available on Google Play and iTunes, Apple Podcasts, everywhere. Please be sure to subscribe to get notifications whenever new episodes are available. All right. What is up, gentlemen? It is late Friday as we're approaching the uh, midnight hour here. I know uh, I'm enjoying a wonderful. Semi craft beer from Aldi's, uh, Mr. Brown and, uh, Canadian biggies out there with me tonight. Uh, biggie, how are you doing?
1: Oh, I'm doing pretty good here in the, uh, frozen tundra. It's not so frozen. I got up to 40 degrees today. Holy crap. Did you go swimming? No, it's still iced over everywhere. Come on now. I know how this stuff works.
0: Your life is miserable. No one else wants to hear about it. So I'll go on to Mr. Brown. How are you doing tonight, brother? I'm doing
2: fabulous. I only got one thing to ask, uh, how did the Josh McDaniels interview go with the Bengals?
0: Uh, I heard it went really well, and that they offered him today, and he's now the new coach. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're so hardcore on him as your next coach, and he
1: refused to even interview.
0: Uh, well, you you know the thing was tonight we originally had. You know some topics we were going to talk about, we were going to go over like who we thought the NFL MVP and and things like that. Where we were going to do like our awards shows so to speak. We were going to talk about like the response from Black Monday and all the coaching changes. So I know Mr. Brown, it's killing you that we don't get to talk about that tonight, but there was something else that kind of came up that's a little more pressing and being that a lot of our listeners and a lot of our followers are Mountaineer fans just like us, we can officially say now that wvu has found their next head coach and if you've been living under a rock today and you haven't paid any attention the new head coach is neil Harmon brown well who is neil Harmon brown you ask well neil brown is the coach at troy and if you don't know what troy is it is not in greece it is a college in alabama uh it is a sunbelt school so it's you know lower level group of five type thing Uh, Neil Brown is 38 years young, and we just gave him different reports. I'm seeing a five-year, six-year deal. Uh, He's originally from Danville, Kentucky. So while he's not a West Virginia guy, he's at least associated with Appalachia a little bit. He is in the – Mr. Brown will appreciate this. He is in the Boyle County Baseball Hall of Fame, so he's probably got a pretty smooth swing there, I'm guessing. Or maybe he was a pitcher. I didn't do that much research. But, you know, he comes to us by way of Troy. He's had stops at uh, UMass where he – Went to Kentucky first in, in college and transferred, graduated at UMass. Had jobs at Sacred Heart, Delaware, Troy. Offensive coordinator at Troy, Texas Tech when Tommy Tupperville was there. Uh, went back to Kentucky where he first started playing, was offensive coordinator there under uh, Stoops. And then ended up landing that head coaching job in Troy where he's been there for the past three years. And went 4 and his first year, but since then has gone 31-8. and So my question to you, is did we just upgrade our head coaching position? I think we
1: did. You know, Brown came through the same coaching school as Dana, deciphered the air raid offense, which should fit well into Big 12. And then if you look at what he's done with what he has to work with, they ended LSU's 49-game home win streak against non-conference opponents. The win against Nebraska this last year isn't as impressive because Nebraska was trash, but they did go on the road – uh, and played Clemson a couple of years ago, and they lost 30, for, 30 to 24, 30 to 23, something like that. So he gets the most out of what he has. Uh, I kind of felt like this last year with Dana, who I did like quite a bit, was our most talented team, and we still underachieved. 38 years old, he's coming back close to home. It's an, up, it's an upgrade for him. Uh, I feel like it was a good hire, to be honest with you. The more that I've kind of read and looked around, there's – We're lucky to have gotten him, and having said that, I'm glad that we got him instead of Luke Fickle because the one thing I did see when we talked the other night, we were all good if we ended up with getting Brown, is that uh, there was a report that the job was Fickle's if he wanted it, but he was holding off because he thinks Brian Kelly's going to leave Notre Dame, go to the NFL, and he thinks he can have that job. See how it plays out long term, but I really like Brown. I don't know that how he views West Virginia as far as – Long term, but it's close to home. He's an excellent coach that has done well for three years in a row at Troy. He isn't like the coach that Virginia Tech hired, where he had one big year with a good quarterback, went up to a power five school, struggled. I think that uh, I think Brown's a good young head coach that we're lucky to have.
2: Well, I mean, I'm gonna first state that the uh, second prediction by Chad the Mark, um, thank God, didn't come to fruition because. He said that Gordon Gee would uh, flex muscles and uh, bring in the other guy. So I'm glad that didn't happen. Um, I'm I'm more excited for this hire. He was one of six coaches to have ten victories in the past three years. God, um,
0: could you name the other five? Because I have no idea. Uh, obviously, one of them's Nick Saban. Is that Dabo? Nick Saban,
1: yeah. Davo, Chris Peterson. Uh... All
0: right, not important anyway, Mr. Brown. As you were
2: saying. I mean when you're when you've got a half dozen coaches and he's one of them, I know it's Troy, but the fact is the record's the record. and uh, he's won his last three bowl games. He's three and0 the last three years. That's an area we've struggled in. and I know a lot of that's the opponent, but it's to me like you have a long layoff. it tells me that he gets his teams ready. he's ready to go for the bowl game. And I, I saw this earlier today that he blew him away. When he came to the interview, he was very prepared. He came to the interview already had watched tape of West Virginia, broke down areas he thought we could do better, and he'd already even looked at uh, Allison's mechanics and was like looking at areas he could tweak. So to me, he showed up the interview like let's 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 roll, let's do this, you know. So I'm excited. I'm gonna be an optimist about it because you know I can't say that there's any better candidates out there, but I can say this as a Mountaineer fan, I, I'm excited for next year. And I know you had said that Hogerson would only win four games. I'm thinking we're going to be competitive because that's what we do as Mountaineer fans. Okay. We're going to be in the games and I'm ready to go to Morgantown again with you guys next year. And let's see what happens.
0: I'm a hundred percent on board with almost everything you guys said. So, so a couple of things, you know, the, the whole thing about Luke, Luke Figgle, I was right. He was the guy. It sounds like he more or less turned it down and was holding out for Notre Dame. So, you know, maybe we got some good fortune there because of all people that you pay attention to that are covering this story right now, people are like, I can't believe West Virginia is the team that finally got Neil Brown because this is a guy that should have probably been picked up last year. And the timing just worked out for us, you know, in the best possible way. And and I still think four wins is probably a realistic thing to look at in Morgantown. But I'm 100% on board with you on the optimism because you bring a guy like Neil Brown in, maybe he can take something. You get that magic, you can captivate something. Think about like those rookie quarterbacks for the past few years. They'll come in and they have a really good first year. Then they might drop off. Hopefully we don't have the drop off and we just come in and have a good first year. Remember Holgerson's first year? Hell, we won the Orange Bowl. But, you know, that was playing in the Big East, and things were a little different. But I, I like him as a coach. I like everything he's been. Even though he's only 38 years old, he's got a hell of a resume. He's done a lot. I, yeah, he's won at Troy, and ooh, who's Troy? If you can win at Troy, you might be able to win anywhere. I mean, that, that's, you know, Chad, that's a nobody school.
1: Chad, Mark, you know what I was thinking about what you just said? Hey, who is Troy? Well, Urban Meyer, where'd he start? Bowling Green. Then uh, he went to Utah. Absolutely. All of a sudden, he's killing it at Florida. He becomes, what was his record? I know Ohio State is a premier university, but I think he was like 83-9 and in nine, and nine seasons. So it doesn't really matter where you start. It matters if you're good enough to build yourself up to a better program and a better program. And like we've all said it was, whoa, West Virginia's going to get Neil Brown. So I think that it's a really good hire. Only time will tell, but I feel like uh, we got a steal of sorts. I mean,
2: after reading like a lot of the uh, comments on social media, it appears like 75%, I'd say, of the fans are like approving of this hire. It seems like the majority of West Virginia Nation is ready to go with, with this uh, coach. I guess the only question now is, which we can all hope, that he brings his own defensive coordinator and Tony Gibson just kind of rides off into the sunset. And I guess now it's just a question is who is the supporting cast for him? You know what I mean?
0: Well, that that's yeah. that's going to be what's interesting. So a couple couple thoughts there. You know, I, I'm with you because I think the reason why so many fans are kind of, you know, approval, if you had to say I approve or disapprove, I'm with you. It's probably 75% or even higher because most of the fans don't know this guy. You know, so they, they just see a stat. They see the, the record and things like that. And I think they're like, okay, well, he's a winner, so that's not a bad thing. But this is what I worry about. He is from the school that Dana Holgerson graduated from as far as college offenses. He is a How Mummy guy. He played for How Mummy in Kentucky. He runs, <laughs> he runs the Air Raid with a balance of run. Last year – Troy ran the ball more than they threw the ball. Does that sound familiar? Isn't that how Hogerson kind of evolved a little bit? And, and his offenses hasn't always been elite, but he does show that balance. And, and you know, are, are we going to get to a point to where maybe people feel like we're just retreading and going back to the same mode? Or did we just find a better Dana Hogerson?
1: Well, you know, playing at the Big 12 Conference, don't we almost kind of have to have an offense that's going to be able to put up some points? Unless we have an elite – LSU Alabama type defense, are we going to compete in the conference scoring seventeen or twenty points a week?
0: Well, no, you can't do that. And I said the other day that I was like all on the lunch pail thing, but but I want to I want to answer a couple of things that Mister Brown said a second ago though, you know so. But, Biggie, you just brought up being able to score points and things like that. But he's actually shown a good defense, and I don't think he's bringing his defensive coordinator with him. I can't remember the guy's name, but from everything I've read, it seems like he's going to be the next head coach down there at Troy. But they've been a middle-of-the-road offense in the last year or so, but they showed up defensively. They were 11th nationally in run defense and sacks per game. They were fourth in tackles for a loss. You know, West Virginia dominated with tackles for a loss this year. They were, sixth, they were sixth in the country. So Troy actually did better in that. And then they have a phenomenal red zone defense where they only give up scores 40% of the time, which is unheard of. So if you're able to mimic that in Morgantown, that's, that's exactly what it is. Ben, but don't break. You're not going to kill me with the run game. You might be able to throw the ball downfield, but when you get in the red zone, we're going to tighten up and you're not going to be able to score. And if you want a defense, that's exactly what it is. But this is the last thing I'm going to throw. And I'm going I'm to kick back to Mr. Brown on this one. So... On Troy, their defense, they run a 3-3 stack. So it's not a 3-3-5 necessarily. What that means is they run a 3-3 stack with a variable. They rather run a 3-4 or a 3-3-5. They always run a three-man front, and then they're running three linebackers every play. Sometimes they run a fourth linebacker. Sometimes they run an extra safety in there. So it's not too different than what Gibby runs. So one could sit there and say that potentially he could actually just tweak that philosophy a little bit with Gibby. And then maybe he stays on board. I'm all about like maybe seeing him, you know, leave town. He's worn out. He's welcome. But at this point, he is the only West Virginia native on the coaching staff. So, uh, with all that being said, does that change your opinion of that at all?
2: I mean, if, if he's willing to adapt to what uh, Brown's wanting to do, maybe. I mean, and I'm not saying he's, like, the worst coordinator in the world or nothing, but I guess I'd have to see what the other options are. But, I mean, with a the, with the defense that would, uh, you know, get allow them, to if they got in the red zone and not allow the six points and then, like, buckle down and maybe just hold the field goal or even get some turnovers, that can make all the difference in the Big 12 because, you know, it's a shootout. And if you, if you could have some good red zone defense, I mean, that could be the difference between some wins and losses and a four-win team as opposed to, like, a – the seven, eight win team. I mean, really.
0: So to jump back in and then I, I'll i go back to Mr. Brown and then Biggie, I'll let you go. So here's the thing with Gibby. Do you give him at here's least, a, do you give him at least a year and kind of see what he does and then kind of move on from there? But the other part of that is, do you buy the stories? I can't confirm or deny this as being hundred percent true, but one of the knocks that, that I've heard that maybe Gibby and Hogerson didn't always see eye to eye was in practice because, West Virginia over the past couple of years got decimated by injuries. So Holgerson allegedly was very anti tackling when it came to practice. Now I'd be the first to sit here and tell you that it sure looked like if that was the case, it translated to the games. So it is, is Gibby maybe better than what he actually is. And like some of the poor tackling we've seen is because Holgerson restricted them trying to improve that in practice, or is it just what it is with Gibby and that's all we're going to ever get?
1: You know, what I think uh, I think there's a pretty good chance that Gibby ends up staying on the staff just because of the different things I've looked at. Uh, Neil Brown, when he came into Troy, it was his first head coaching job, but he didn't bring in an entire new staff. So he had options there, decided to go with him. Same thing in West Virginia. Uh, he could... Without already being his defensive preference, stay with Gibby because is it just me or is Gibby not regarded as a pretty good recruiter?
0: I I, I can't say that he's considered an elite recruiter, but I think he's okay. So I, I've I've
2: heard that that's his like he is known for being a recruiter more than actually than the scheme of things. But I, that's what I've heard is a strong point is uh, strong point is, is recruiting, like you said.
0: Well, the coach that we've so had you're in the, the podcast- transition a the, hey, the coach that we've had on the podcast a couple times said that when Gibbs when G- Tony Gibson worked for Rich Rodriguez, his nickname was Mr. Coffee because that's all he oh. was go- that's all he was good for. Go get coffee for the coach. Well,
2: but the coach said it it's got to be true.
0: I'll buy it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see what I think is that if he follows the same pattern he did at Troy, there's a good chance that he would keep a couple holdover coaches for continuity, player development and if uh, Gibby is a good recruiter, you at least give him one year, and you move from there because it buys you a little bit of uh, a little bit of liberty with the fan base too. Hey, you kept the West Virginia guy on; he can help you recruit a little bit, and then maybe he'll allow Gibby to be mo- a little more uh, aggressive with what he wants to do defensively or how he's able to practice during the week. See if it translates into games. Because, like you said, <laughs> if they weren't tackling a practice, it it was obvious during the games. <laughs>
0: So let me, let me pose these questions. So what I'm most interested in, now that we have a new head coach, what do you think, if you had to compare us to another school or another program, where is our expectation with, with a new coach coming in and trying to build something up, where are we supposed to go now? Because we are what we are and nobody's happy with where we are, and I and I can understand that. So if you had to look around the country and say, you know, that's more realistic of what our expectations are, we should be more like that program. What program comes to mind?
1: I'll let Mr. Brown lead with this one because last time we were debating the uh, Michigan State, West Virginia, where we stand. So I'm kind of curious where he thinks our program could be or should be.
0: More should be than could be.
2: You're talking about year one of the new coach. That that changes things compared to what we were talking about earlier.
0: I'm not necessarily saying year one. I'm just saying, you know, he's got a five or six year deal now. So by the time that deal is over, you know, what what should we have looked like the past five or six years?
2: Me personally, I expect obviously Oklahoma to be the top team in the conference like they always are. And I expect us to compete with Oklahoma State and the rest of the big twelves. So I mean, I don't think it's unrealistic for us to finish in the top three, not every year, but be in the top three conversation, you know, not this year, obviously, but in the next six years, because, I mean, the basketball team's there regularly. I, I think we could – a top three finish for our program, you know, it would be a good year in the conference. Yeah, yeah. I
1: think uh, I think along those same lines. Conference-wise, once he gets in set up, gets his guys in. First year, obviously – You know, if you're getting four or five wins, if you make a bowl game, you're ecstatic. I think that uh, for as long as we're in the Big 12, Oklahoma's going to run the conference. We'll see. Texas won 10 games this year. Good head coach. Maybe they're back to being uh, an elite-ish level program. I think that we slide in right behind them. Compete for first or second in the conference. But we expect to be in the top three ahead of... Texas Tech, Baylor, Oklahoma State. Uh, we'll see how the state of Kansas works out. You know, the Jayhawks aren't going to be such a pushover with less miles in there. Yes, they are. And I think, <laughs> no, they're not. He eats grass. Come on, Chadwick. Um,
0: he's crazy. Yeah, he is. And
1: then Chris Kleiman, I think he's a home run hire for K State. But having said that, I feel like in the Big 12 conference over the next four, five, six years with Neil Brown, who was a steal of a coach for us we should be finishing in the top three yearly after, say, his second season at West Virginia, you know, a good transition period in there. And the other thing that he walks into is games that we scheduled many years ahead of time out of conference aren't the pushovers that they have been in previous years.
0: I feel like we pretty much have done a a hell of a job scheduling non-conference ever since, um, you know, honestly, Oliver Luck probably came in as AD and it's continued with Shane Lyons. I mean, we've done a pretty good job with non-conference, Um, But back to the the original question is if if you had to compare, you know, where I think we should be heading and what we think that that ceiling kind of looks like, you know, if I had to compare in conference, I would say Oklahoma State. But if I had to look nationally, like why, why can't we be Penn State? You know, I mean, that that's I feel like we could kind of fit that mold, maybe not quite as consistent or quite as, as good of a recruiting class, obviously, but I feel like that's a reasonable ceiling. And, and, you know, I think if you're a Penn state fan, you probably feel like you're underperforming right now, but I I think, you know, you look at the higher that, that Franklin was for them up there and then how it kind of resurrected them after a complete, you know, turmoil laden, you know, off the field situation. And they've kind of bounced back. Okay.
1: We don't even have
0: that kind of stuff on our radar, but You know, Penn State's always winning somewhere between nine and and ten games, it seems like. I think that's reasonable to to think that we can do that. Now, I don't think we can do that next year, and I'm not even sure we can do that the year after that. I'm just hoping the fans can hold on long enough to let him establish his style of program and and team up there before they decide to turn on him. I, I just don't want to see that happen because it's kind of like even when Rich Rodriguez came his first year, he went three and eight, right? So you don't want to see, you know, somebody roll on somebody on the first year when they haven't had time to put their stamp on the program. But you mentioned K-State and you think they had a good hire and everything. Didn't Neil Brown interview for K-State?
1: I don't believe so because they made their hire a couple weeks ago.
0: So I need you to change that and say, I think he absolutely did interview for that job (laughs) because what happened was he went up there and apparently he did such a good job doing the interview that they had to stop and consider him. They were so dead set on hiring your boy up there from North Dakota State that like they, yeah, they were just going to hire him anyway. And then apparently he goes up there, Neil Brown goes up there and does enough of a uh, you know convincing job to make him think about it for a day or two.
1: Chris Kleiman and the NDSU Bison are playing for uh, another national title tomorrow, going undefeated. Uh, seventh national title in eight years. I know not relevant to our conversation totally, but seven national titles in eight years is pretty cool.
0: That game is on the Ocho, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is. I'm it was, just kidding. I know that is all that you people live for up there.
1: Oh, I myself. I just I appreciate excellence. It's incredible. I have two things to say about kind of what you were just talking about. The Penn State program, James Franklin has done really well. As well as they're doing right now, everybody should – Thank Bill O'Brien because he came into a really bad spot, did good there, and has proved with the Texans that he is a very good head coach. And then you were comparing us nationally to other programs. You know what I think? We could build towards a Stanford-type program. They're a little down this year, but it seemed like with David Shaw, just consistent nine, ten wins, compete for the conference one year, into the rolls. Bowl. I don't know what the record was this year. I know that they were down some, but – they are fairly consistent without being a national power. I don't know those may be high hopes for me, and I watch a lot of West Coast football late night, but that's what I feel. I just, uh, if you think about this, when we're five and one, six and one, even when we're going into that Oklahoma State game, we're not thinking to ourselves, geez, we're going to have a new head coach next year. Who are going to end <laughs> up with? Dana's gone. So if you go from where we were before we played Oklahoma State or even what you guys were thinking of talk and talking, driving up to Morgantown and playing Oklahoma, because if we win that game, we got a shot at the Big 12, to Dana's gone and we end up with a guy who, when you read the reports, everybody's like, whoa, West Virginia got lucky to get this guy. We're sitting in a pretty good spot here.
2: What I think is, as a fan, we do it to ourselves every year. I mean, I refuse to say that, You know, we're going to be a middle-of-the-pack kind of team in the big 12. I feel like it depends on the quarterback play. Let's let's say we get lucky every so many, like, let's say five years, and we get a good quarterback, and we're right there competing with Oklahoma for the the conference uh, supremacy. I think that can happen. I mean, because, I mean, I guess my question is to you guys, as a fan – If you think we're just middle of the road for the foreseeable future and the rest of our lives, why are we we doing this? I mean, because you've got to have a feeling that there's got to be that year that
0: it's going to happen. Because if you don't have that feeling, let's just stop right now. I understand what you're saying, Mr. Brown. I'm not saying that we shoot for mediocrity. I mean, hell, one of the teams I was comparing us to was Penn State. Penn State has played for national championships before. I'm not trying to lower the bar. I just don't think it's realistic to think that every year we're going to compete for a national championship or even a conference championship. However, I, don't agree. Yeah. I, I do think that we should be in the top three. I, I, I think it's okay to have a bad year. I, I hate the fact that you can have a coach that has one bad year and everybody wants to run him out of town. You you. You gotta understand college athletics are finicky. They can go up and down if you're recruits and things like that. And you mentioned quarterbacks or somebody mentioned quarterback. I mean, how much of your success as a coach is tied to a quarterback? I mean, a lot. go go look at your best seasons of college football. They never had a crappy quarterback. It was always the quarterback that, that was up there in New York for the Heisman celebration and all that. I mean, th- that's how the college game works. So I'm not lowering the expectations. I still desperately want to see us win a national championship one day. We, we we need to do it. We've won more games than any other school that's never won the title. That drives me nuts. I want to change that. Give it to the next school. I don't even know who the hell it is, but let's give it to them. But the the thing is – I'm just saying, don't lose your mind when things don't pan out, and that's what I worry about with our fan base so much. Is they got used to winning ten games and eleven games when we we're playing Big East schedule, but when you're playing the Big Twelve and you're like like Biggie said earlier, you're ramping up the non-conference. You're playing tough teams. You're playing Virginia Techs and Pitts and Penn States and 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 Florida States, and you know how we played Alabama a couple years ago. We got Missouri next year, NC State. We're playing Power Fives. We're not playing the Citadel. We're not doing Baylor and playing, you know, Mexico Tech. I mean, we're actually going out there and scheduling real-time games that that are going to matter. And when you do that in a conference where you play nine conference games, you only got a chance for three non-conference games, so you got to make them count. They're doing that. As long as they keep doing that, they're going to have the opportunity to do something great. The only thing I'm saying is, when things don't quite work out the way they should, it's okay to feel upset. Just don't hate on him. The The thing that I don't want to see happen, though, is if, if Neil Brown only wins five games next year, don't crucify the man. He inherited a mess. I mean,
2: and I agree with you. I'm not sitting here saying we're an Alabama, we're a Clemson. We're not any of those types of tier teams. I got that. But all I'm saying is, is deep down, Every single one of us feels that every five years or so we have a reclut- recruiting class and a, a group of guys and and just the right schedule the right uh, momentum that it, it gives us a glimpse of hope to where oh we could get in this you know championship game like it did this year it obviously didn't pan out but sometimes it happens sometimes you're like wow this could happen I'm so- telling you that there's going to be times, it's not every year, that we're going to be looked at on the national perspective as West Virginia, man. Don't sleep in West Virginia because they could get in this tournament. And it's not going to be every year, but it's every five years, and that's what I expect us to be. But I expect us to be a a contender for our conference and you know, every now and then get on our national uh, stage and hopefully one day we will deliver – to all the great fans of West Virginia, and in the drought, because if anybody knows what Cubs fans feels like, it's us. Damn it!
0: And we would burn the entire state to the ground if that ever happened. And <laughs> and I'm glad that we have the optimism to talk about such things when we just hired a new coach. But but to what you said, it's just like what Biggie mentioned the other day when he was comparing us to kind of like Michigan State. Is Michigan State's won you know three, uh, two or three conference championships uh, under the coach they have now? And while they're not the cream of the crop, every now and then they they put together that run or that team that's just special. And I 100% agree with you. I think every five years – to have at least one year out of those five years that that you scare the hell out of everybody in the country, I think that's reasonable. You can do that if you can find the right magic. Don Nealon was able to do it. Rich Rodriguez was able to do it. You know, There's no reason why it can't be done now in West Virginia. It's just that we have to do it. But I, I think the most important thing is the fan base needs to support this guy 100% out of the gate, and if he falls on his face right away, give him the chance. The one thing that's going to be different about – um, Neil Brown versus Dana Hogerson is he already had head coaching experience while Dana Hogerson didn't. Dana Holgerson came into a dumpster fire that Oliver Luck created by creating a coach-in-waiting with a coach in Bill Stewart that wanted nothing to do with him, and he had to survive all that. That's how he came in and tried to get accepted into West Virginia was he was the guy that got the good old boy from New Martinsville let go because he tried to dig up dirt on, on Hogerson with reporters at Pittsburgh and Charleston. But Neil Brown's got a clean slate coming in. Let's leave it that way. Let's support the hell out of the guy and see what he can do.
1: I think his slate stays cleaner if Gibby goes because Gibby wanted that job.
0: So before you go anywhere else with that, here's my question to you. Does he need Gibby, though? to keep some of those West Virginia ties in place and to show that he just didn't come in and say, I don't care if you're from West Virginia or not, you're out of here because you know, there's going to be some fans that get really upset about that. Does he need to at least keep Gibby around initially?
1: Nick Saban from Alabama. What was their record? His first year. How's it gone? 10, 12 years later. If you're good, if you're going to win, it don't matter. You do what you believe in and you stick to it.
0: Well, I hope this guy's Nick Saban. (laughs)
1: But <laughs> I'm just saying, if he's got a plan in place, he feels a certain way. He already has head coaching experience. Why bend to what the fan base thinks if it compromises how you're going to run your program? You know, the fans want this. The media wants that. If, if coaches listen to the fans, they go for it every fourth down
0: from their own 35. So do you know what Nick Saban's record was his first year?
1: I think he was like six and seven, seven and six. But if he wins on Monday in his 11 years since then, he's got six national titles. Oh, this so he's is... He's got almost as national I mean, as many national titles as he does losses.
0: This is why so, I couldn't figure it out. It kept saying he was two and six. I was like, how the hell do they only play eight games? Five wins were vacated, apparently, so they were actually seven and six. Ooh, you know who his first offensive coordinator was? No, I do not. Major do. Applewhite. See how the circle comes all the way back around. Ooh. Well,
1: Six Degrees at Chadwick.
0: Did uh, anybody see Joe Manchin? Uh, I saw that on uh, the uh, internet where apparently he always uh, goes down to Nick Saban to let him know that he can get him a job in Morgantown anytime he wants. Oh, wow. Thanks, Joe. I saw that. That's that's probably what he says. Thanks, Joe. I think I'm doing okay. The legend of Dirty Joe. Everybody has a crazy uncle. Ours just happens to be a politician. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wish he could succeed,
2: but, I mean, it's not happening. All right, so
0: so let me ask you this. What are the predictions for this year? Give me a record. We'll start with Biggie. What's the record going to be, and are we bowl eligible?
1: I'm going to say that uh, – I'm going to go on the optimistic side here. Say that we are bowl eligible. We lose our bowl, finish six and seven.
2: I'm going to say we're going to win seven games, and we're going to continue the trend, and he's going to be 4-0 and oh in his both.
0: I, I like your optimism. Unfortunately, I'm a pessimistic guy because I'm a Mountaineer fan. There's a term that Mike Kazaza had uh, coined a long time ago. It's a great book if you haven't picked it up called "Waiting for the Fall" because that's what we always do. We always have optimism, then we're waiting for the fall. So this year, I'm I'm going to be optimistic that long term we're going to be good, but I still kind of rely on that four four win year, and this is the reason why is one of you mentioned that he saw things in Jack Allison that he's going to fix on film. You know what? I'd rather him came out and said, that Trey Lowboy is who we're going to play, and he didn't do it. So that's why we're only going to win four games. God, you piss me off,
1: Chad. You got to have more passion like Mr. Brown. That belief that, oh, it's going to happen one year. Give it to me before now you- I got- this is what you got
0: to understand. you got to understand this. I have more passion than anybody you will ever find, but I'm also a realist. Now, before the year, it's January right now. In January, <laughs> I can say this kind of stuff. But when September rolls around, I'm the idiot that's going to be telling you, we're going to win every game. Watch this. We're going to beat Missouri 68 to negative four. I mean, that, that's, that's how I'll get. And I'll root for them harder than anybody you can find week in and week out. And I I would be the first person to tell you. Remember back in January when I said that stupid crap on the podcast? Man, what a buffoon I was. It's
1: on record now. It's going to run on reels when we're playing well next year.
0: That's okay. If I can be wrong about something, let it be wrong about that. I mean, he's going to say
2: Jack Allison because that's who played the majority of the bowl game. He's not going to come out and say Trey Lowe when he barely even played in that game. Let's let him get through spring practice and all that. And Trey Lowe may be the guy. We'll have to wait
0: and see. I know. I'm just wishful thinking that that's the case because every time I see these really good teams play, what's their quarterback like? It's a guy. A dual that threat. Can, yeah, dual threat running the RPO that can throw the ball. I mean, you had one guy, one freaking guy for Oklahoma, kept them in the game against the juggernaut of the unbeatable Alabama Crimson Tide. That's how important the quarterback is for you right there.
1: True. Yeah. Uh... Although there's only so many guys that are like Kyler Murray.
0: Well, guys, I kind of wrapped up the conversation we had around Neil Brown. I, I can tell you for all of us, we're definitely excited to have him as coach for our West Virginia university Mountaineers. And we're all optimistic and hoping that he's going to bring some great things to the state flagship university. So, here's to a wonderful 2019 and hoping that we can deliver some type of progress and growth in his first year. And honestly, if you made it this far through the podcast, if you hang on after the final bump, uh, we might have a little treat for you on a uh, unedited version of the podcast that I just couldn't help myself and, and had to keep on there, but appreciate you guys listening and have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Thank you. We're we're only going to cover uh, Neil Brown. I, I don't know about you, but are, because he's from Troy, are any of you having a hard time not calling him a Troy Brown?
1: Well, that's the first thing pops <laughs> to my mind every time. I think to myself, if he can be, if he can be as uh as good as uh I don't know, usable, whatever you want to say, as Troy Brown was for the Patriots, and we got a bright future.
2: All right. Hey Chad. Yep. I'm gonna say this. I have. Accidentally googled Troy Brown and I've actually accidentally googled uh, Neil Young.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome.